Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. All right, everybody, welcome aboard to episode one of Omega Man TV. We're doing an experiment tonight. This is going to be our maiden voyage on Zoom. And I'm so excited to have here as the first guest on this program, special guest, Brian Melvin, who you know from the program usually every week. And we've got a real special guest for the first time here, Josh Peck. Josh, welcome aboard tonight, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Brian, thank you for setting this interview up tonight. And we want to welcome everybody out there, wherever you're tuning in from. Now, folks, um, we have a couple options tonight. This is, again, a live show. Thursday, April 8th, 2021, we're broadcasting live here on Zoom, but I also have MixLR running, so you can listen through the website, MegamanRadio.com or MixLR app, help yourself, and we hope that uh, you invite a friend to come out tonight. Now, with that, we're going to get started. Uh, would one of you gentlemen like to open us up in prayer? Josh, you want to do us the honor? Oh, sure. Yeah, I was going to give the honors to Brian since he set this up, but I'm, I'm happy yeah, to do I'll, it as well. I, I can do it. Heavenly Father. Okay, just, great. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Lord. We ask you to be able to help the people when they listen tonight and, uh, and really know that this is a really tough subject to deal with. And there's a lot of issues that might trigger people's memories. We might trigger things that happened to them we ask lord that you be glorified in this and help people understand the seriousness of the silent cry in jesus name amen 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 i say amen to that uh as we're getting started gentlemen uh, for those that may be tuning in for the first time would each of you take a moment uh beginning with you josh and give out your contact information and any website info you'd like to Sure. Uh, my main website, uh, I work with uh, Skywatch TV. It's my main ministry, so skywatchtv.com. Uh, and then for uh, contact information, people can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram. I'm basically all over the place. My email uh, for this kind of stuff is uh, joshpeckdisclosure at gmail.com. And uh, I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody might have and uh, be happy to, happy to do that. Brother Brian? Yes, you can contact me uh, at uh, Melvin number one at gmail.com. That's usually the best way to contact me. You can go to my website, afterhoursministries.com. It's another way to contact me. And I'll just leave it at that. And if you want to get right into the show here. <laughs> now, gentlemen, I found out that there's a special button built into Zoom. It will teleport you anywhere you want. Let me push it, see where I'm going. Okay. Oh, I'm in the mountains today. Hey, by the way, I just want to set this, the rules tonight. This is a drink-friendly show, so I hope you brought a drink. I'm drinking a little bit of chocolate tonight, so make yourself at home. And um, with that, we're going to get started. We've got some serious stuff to talk about tonight, folks, and um, we're excited to be here with Josh Peck, who has directed a new film that has been released, and we're going to talk about that. This is something you got to see. Brian, I'm going to turn it over to you and Josh. 
Well, Josh, welcome to the show, and it's glad to see you here. And Yeah, good to see you again. Thank you. Amen. So right now, you did a video, a, a film. It's on Amazon Prime, and I think you're doing a new project on Silent Cry as well. And that's what I'd like to talk about. With that, I'd like, to, like you to introduce the subject matter and the topic and so forth like that. That would be great if you can. And then yeah. we'll go ahead and get started, start asking a few questions. You just tell us about it, and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. And thank you. Uh, thank you both again for having me on. So Silent Cry um, deals with uh, the, the horrors of child sex trafficking, but it's not a typical trafficking documentary. So uh, trafficking is happening everywhere in America because largely, unfortunately, it's been ignored. So the movie goes deeper, though. There's also a rampant occultism that's tied in with trafficking. Now, not in every case. It's not in every instance of trafficking, but there is some overlap there. And while Silent Cry is uh, not focused on um, unsubstantiated conspiracy theory and wild claims, it also does not hold back. Uh, so we don't sugarcoat anything. It, it goes where no other uh, film, no other documentary has gone before in showing the, the truth of child sex trafficking from experts who have actually seen and even experienced it themselves. Um, I was very selective on who I invited to be in the movie because I, I wanted real experts who are actively working in the field today and not just somebody who you know has an unqualified opinion or somebody who was in it 20 years ago as an investigator and then you know has been retired for years or you know I wanted somebody who's actively in it today and knows what's going on right now to make sure that we have the most cutting edge information and also people who are willing to uh, disclose the stuff that most people don't want to talk about because they're afraid that it's going to ruin their reputation. You know, the second anybody starts talking about occultism tied in with things like this, uh, people run the risk of ruining the reputation over it. Uh, so uh, I was really selective. I, I originally had 12 guests, but because of COVID travel restrictions and things, we weren't able to include everybody. Uh, but we do have audio interviews with the guests that we weren't able to feature in the film. So that includes Russ Dizdar, uh, Greg Reed, William Ramsey, and many more. Uh, with the and that, that's at a, as a bonus feature that's only available at skywatchtv or skywatchtvstore.com if people get the film there and I want to mention too Skywatch TV has a, a ministry called Whispering Ponies Ranch that helps children who have been rescued from situations such as child sex trafficking and sexual abuse uh, and helps them heal through uh, these these miniature therapy horses it's called Whispering Ponies Ranch 100% of the profits of the film whether people get the DVD or get it from Amazon, wherever they get it, 100% of the profits go to Whispering Ponies Ranch. So when somebody gets the film, they're supporting a wonderful ministry that's helping kids who have come out of these types of uh, horrible situations actually learn how to heal and, and live a uh, normal life. As far as who's in the film, again, we kept it really selective, but we have uh, Yako Bullions, who's directed and produced the feature film Eight Days. And he, he did that to raise awareness about the reality of sex trafficking in the United States. He's also the founder of Share Together, which is a nonprofit organization fighting against the global crisis of sex trafficking. His sister, Alanka Deaton, is a survivor of child sex trafficking. She's in the film and tells her whole story. It's heartbreaking, but it does 
have a, a positive ending. And it's just, it's amazing to hear her story and what she has survived and just see the amazing things she's doing today. We have David Hevener, who's a producer, actor, musician, filmmaker. He, he's our Hollywood insider. He speaks openly about uh, sex trafficking. Um, he, he's seen some things firsthand in his association with uh, Hollywood. He tells some stories in the film. Uh, and today he also works with victims of trafficking and satanic ritual abuse. Uh, Stephen Bancars, he, uh, he and I wrote a book together, Second Coming of the New Age, uh, and we both talk about how before becoming Christians, we were heavily entrenched in New Age. And so he, he has a background in uh, Satanism and things like that. You know, he's, he's a born-again Christian now, but uh, he, he still knows a lot about that. So we brought him in to talk about the satanic aspects of this. Uh, Tom Dunn, filmmaker, director of Detestable. He's an advocate of, uh, for victims of satanic ritual abuse. He works with other experts to assist people coming out of uh, SRA, helping them to adjust to normal life. Uh, then we have Joe Horn and Tom Horn, who uh, both help run Whispering Ponies Ranch. They're the COO and CEO of Skywatch TV, respectively. Um, and they also work with uh, kids rescued from child sex trafficking and abuse. And uh, also Joe Horn is the author of the book Time, Time Bomb. And Tom Horn is uh, the author of the book Shadowland, uh, which we dealt with a little bit in the film. It's also narrated by John B. Wells, who has one of the most recognizable voices in America today. Uh, he hosts Caravan to Midnight. And then Derek Gilbert, uh, host of uh, Skywatch TV and a, a new show that he's doing now. And the name of it slips my mind at the moment, but he also narrates part one of the movie. Uh, so we, we, have, we have an amazing uh, cast, a lot of people with a, experience, firsthand knowledge, and who aren't afraid to actually go where other documentaries won't go. Uh, if, if you ever do see a video or a documentary on the satanic roots of child sex trafficking, it's, it's usually sensationalist conspiracy stuff that can't really be substantiated. So we didn't want to do that, but we also didn't want to hold back. So in the film, you're going to hear and see things. Well, you're going to hear things. You're going to get information that you can't get anywhere else. That's, that's not available anywhere else. But we also, we also show you the line of logic, the line of reason, the line of proof and evidence. We put documents right up on the screen from the FBI's own website to show you that there have been like established, uh, proven cover-ups of child sex abuse in the government. And uh, we, we talk about Epstein. We talk about all this stuff, but we, we show documents and actual proof to substantiate what's being claimed in the film. So there, in, in my opinion, there's, there's no other like it. Uh, when I started researching for this film, I watched every documentary on the topic that I could find because I didn't want to rehash what's already been done. And uh, there, I can honestly say there is nothing like this uh, available now. So if people want to see the movie, they can uh, get the DVD with all the bonus features, which includes those extra audio interviews. It includes a couple other uh, documentary style presentations that you can't get anywhere else. That's at skywatchtvstore.com. Or if people just want to stream the movie, they can go to Amazon and they can rent or purchase it. And again, I'll just mention one more time that all the profits of the film uh, go to Whispering Ponies Ranch, which is a, an amazing ministry that helps kids uh, who have survived, who are rescued out of child sex trafficking, helps them heal and learn how to live a uh, normal life. So that's a little bit of background on the film. Now, if you're just joining us tonight, welcome aboard. We're live tonight with Brian Melvin and our special guest, Josh Peck. He is, again, director, and he stars in a documentary film called Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking. And uh, I'm looking right now 
you've got a little excerpt here. It says, there is a sinister wickedness encompassing our country. It doesn't fit any profile, doesn't lend to predictability and strikes without warning. While it may sound familiar, very few understand how deep it goes. Child sex trafficking is only the beginning. Never before has a documentary dared to expose the true depths of this occult evil. And after watching this film, you'll never be the same. Uh, Josh, let me inject a question here. What caused you to produce this film? Uh, did you come across some shocking information that uh, you felt the, the world needs to know about this? Yeah, it, it originally started. I was doing a, a short 10 to 12 minute expose that I was going to put up for free on YouTube about the finders case. At the time, the uh, the government, the FBI had just released a bunch of documents relating to this case a few decades ago called the finders. Some are familiar with it. If we if we have time tonight, I can go through the whole case uh, or at least some of the background information. But basically, it's it's a, a confirmed Cover up. I mean, from the FBI's own documents, you, anybody can go to the FBI vault website right now and see these. Um, but at the time they had just released these, I, I spent a lot of time pouring over all the documents and, and piecing together uh, what actually happened here. Um, there, there. The, the short version of the story is the government was utilizing this this cult for some reason. Nobody really knows why. One of the investigators involved in the case wrote that he believed it was some sort of disinformation campaign, but he didn't elaborate further than that. But uh, they were utilizing this, the, the CIA was utilizing this cult for some unknown reason. Uh, I believe it has something to do with actually trafficking children. But but again, that's that's speculation on my part. Uh, but the the cult themselves were uh, actually, it was discovered that they were abusing children and that discovery was covered up. There were uh, medical reports that were covered up. And so now 30 years later, due to a, a FOIA request or something like that, the documents have been released. Now they are heavily redacted. So it is a little difficult to piece together, but there, there are direct confirmations. We, we don't have to fill in the blanks ourselves to know that we can, we can look right at the documents and see there is a clear cover up of at least two instances of child sexual abuse uh, with, within, from, from the CIA. Uh, so, I was originally just going to do a, a quick 10 to 12 minute like YouTube video on that. Uh, but the more that I was pulling that thread, the more it was unraveling, the more I was seeing that like I live in a very small town and it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. Uh, but even in areas local to me, the surrounding areas, there were I was discovering that there were child sex trafficking rings being busted up. I, I have five kids myself, so that was horrifying for me to find out. I live in, in the Bible Belt. I mean, you would think if there's going to be any place that's safe in America, it would be here. It's part of the reason why we moved here. But it's not. Unfortunately, no part of America is really immune to this. So the more that I looked into it, uh, the more that that started to unravel, and I realized I cannot fit this into a 10 to 12 minute video. I also realized because I'm, I'm, uh, th this was my first film. I've, I've written numerous books before this. I, I, I thought maybe a book, but I, I realized that this can't be in a book. People need to actually hear the stories. They need to see people's faces. I mean, it takes, it, it takes for somebody to accept what's going on. 
I think they need to be confronted with it face to face. They need to hear like Alanka Deaton's story. They need to actually hear it from somebody who's experienced it. And I don't think that that could be conveyed as well in a book. So uh, around that same time, we at Skywatch TV were deciding what we were going to do our next film on. Every, Every year, every couple of years, we try to do a film. And, um, you know, we, we've used several, several different people to do that. And uh, at this point, there was an opening and it just it kind of lined up. The timing worked out perfectly. So uh, I talked with Tom Horn about it, who's the CEO of Skywatch TV. I said, you know, hey, what do you think? What do you think about this? We, we had a meeting and decided that there at that time, there was no other more important topic than the, the, chi- the child sex trafficking topic and the occultism around it. So we, we went for it and there, there was a lot that I couldn't even include in the film. The, the, the film's about r- roughly two hours long. I could have made it six or seven hours long. There, there's so much information there, but that, that's why we also include all the bonus features. Um, but my, my main concern was just not, you know, for my kids, but also for everybody else's children, because most parents right now are like I was when I first started this. Most most parents are are ignorant of it. They they don't know how bad it is. Uh, a lot of parents think that they can just, you know, vote once every four years and that'll that they've done their duty. That's all they that's all they need to worry about. But what that finder's case shows us is you can vote the right people in all you want. There is a deep corruption within the government, and that's bleeding out to the rest of the country. Uh, the culture itself, even aside from politics, the culture itself is degraded. We live in an over-sexualized culture where now even child sexual exploitation is being applauded and seen as edgy. And that's only going to continue. Now, thankfully, there's enough people in this country that we can make a difference if we rally together. One of the uh, best examples in recent history is the Netflix Cuties film. Uh, that When that came out, there was a huge outcry. And I, I was glad to see the outcry. But we, we need to be doing that with more things. I mean, there, there are children's toys that come out all the time that are sexually explicit. Uh, for example, there was a there was a troll doll, you know, a year ago or so. It was around the time when uh, right after this movie first came out where, uh, you know, if, if you touched it in an inappropriate area, it would it would like giggle and moan and stuff. There's always stuff like that coming out. And yeah. one of one of our biggest weapons against this stuff, our biggest defenses, really, is our money. If, if we as a culture, or actually it starts as individuals, but you know, that, that'll bleed into the culture. If, if we just decide we are not going to financially support any company that uses anything sexual to sell their product, then this country would turn around and we would start getting some more wholeful, uh, wholesome and, and family-friendly advertising. A lot of things could really change. I use this as an example. Um, a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, nobody would have thought that you could, well, maybe a little longer than that, 15 years ago, no one would have thought you could go to McDonald's and order a salad, right? Nobody would thought would, would have thought that you could go to uh, you know, Taco Bell or any of these fast food restaurants and get a, keto, a keto-friendly meal. That, that was unheard of. But you can get that anywhere now. You can get vegetarian options. You can get keto-friendly options. You know, why is that? It's because there was a cultural outcry. There was a need that these companies want to fulfill because they want to make money. We, we can do the same exact thing. Now everybody has heard of the ketogenic diet, even if they don't, you know, not everybody follows it, but everybody has at least heard of it. 
we can do the same exact thing with the sexual exploitation of children. You know, we, we can say, all right, th that enough is enough. We're not going to financially support any of this. If a company is going to sexually exploit a child, well, they lose their company because we're not going to buy their products anymore. You know, it, it seems like uh, companies like Nike and Disney need to keep learning this lesson over and over again. But if we keep doing it enough times, they will crumble because th this is the same kind of tactic that people on the left use. You get a, you get a group of a thousand angry Twitter mob followers, you, you know, on the left, and they can bring Nike to their knees. And, and, and all of a sudden you have, uh, you, you know, like, like razor blade commercials that are making men into women and stuff like that. that that's, that's because of a very small group of angry people on Twitter. If they can have that power over a corporation, why can't we? The, the fact is there are more of us than there are of them. We're just not utilizing our power. So I, I, I really liked what happened with uh, the, the, the outcry against the, the film Cuties. Uh, that, that was really good, but I think we need to do more of that. We have a lot more power uh, than we realize. So those, those are a few things that, that came out. But yeah, in short, the, re the main reason for the film was just me waking up and realizing this is a huge problem. It is all over and I, I can't ignore it. You know, I, I can't just sit uh, and, and, and be blind to it anymore. Uh, I need to confront it. And so does every other uh, American and, and, and really everybody in the world. But we'll start with America first. <laughs> Amen. Gentlemen, how bad is this problem? Now, Brian and Josh, I've heard terms like human trafficking, and I just thought maybe it was uh, adults being kidnapped and sold into the sex trade. And I know that's going on, but this is involving children, correct? And yeah, it's, it, it, it's horrifying. One out of four victims of trafficking are children. America is ranked one of the worst countries for human trafficking, and 500,000 kids at least at least are, are being trafficked per day in America. And that now some people misunderstand that, that stat. It, 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 I'm not saying that half a million kids are being kidnapped every day. It's every day in America, half a million kids are actively being trafficked. I mean, it, it's, it's horrifying. You're absolutely right. I had no idea. I might have imagined this occurred overseas somewhere, but America. But then we have this incident with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, what do you think was actually going on over there on Jeffrey Epstein's private islands? Yeah, a bunch of stuff came out in uh, the research for the film. We do deal with Epstein, and because there, there have already been so many things talked about it, you know, you know we, we wanted to stick with things that weren't commonly known. And so we did talk about the occultism tied to the island. Uh, so there were several things found on Epstein's island showing that he most likely had direct ties not only to trafficking, we, we all know that he was a trafficker and a pedophile, but also uh, occultic ties, really strange things. So one of the most obvious uh, on the island was the temple that, that was there that everybody uh, has seen pictures of, but also drone footage that we were able to obtain and include in the film has uh, shown a giant sundial with 13 chairs pointing to what appears to be rune stones. Uh, there's gods and goddesses, uh, you know, statues all over the island. There's a giant green man. Uh, from, from ancient times, labyrinths, which has uh, direct ties to child sacrifice, according to ancient mythology, specifically Greek mythology, but it, it's in other areas as well. And then we see certain symbols repeated at Epstein's Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. So one of the most telling signs is there was a giant rectangle berm area on the island that uh, bore the same symbols 
as on his Zorro ranch. And it's uh, four paths leading to a circle with a square in the middle of it. So you see that on the island and in uh, his ranch in New Mexico. Now on the island, it's so strange because images on the island were captured in 2013 of this berm area on the island and it shows the symbols and you can see it clearly. And we, again, we include all of these in the film. But then in 2017, and this would have been when investigators were closing in on Epstein, there was this really sloppy effort made to try to cover up this berm area by building a so-called tennis court over, over the, the berm area. And when you look at this thing, we show images of it. They didn't have time to even it out. There's peaks and valleys all over the place. You would shatter your ankles if you tried to play a game of tennis on this thing. It was just such a sloppy, obvious job that they were trying to cover something up. Uh, so that was in ten, uh, 2017. But then in 2019, uh, more images were captured and the, the inside of the berm area were, was completely removed, destroying everything that used to be there. Now, what's strange is ancient occult sites discovered around the world have used that same pattern such as uh, the Egyptians, the human sacrificing uh, Mayans, that same pattern of four paths leading to a circle encompassing a square. So quite literally, whether, whether this was purely decorative or not, because some might say, well, it was just decoration, you know, that it was just his style. I don't think so, because if it's just decoration, you don't cover that up. Uh, you know, if there's if there's everything innocent about it, you don't have uh, a, a compulsion to want to to want to cover that up any way you can. So whether but even if it was whether it's purely decorative or not, uh, Jeffrey Epstein literally at least had two occult areas that were dedicated to human sacrifice, one on his island and one on his ranch, where he and his high powered friends are known to have gathered. So that was one of, that was one of the more interesting things that came out in an investigation. And it shows this tie of occultism with child sex trafficking and pedophilia. I mean, it, it's a completely satanic enterprise. Brother Brian, over to you. Thank you. Uh, amen. I um, just brief let people know what my experience with this subject. I worked with uh, Colorado State uh, SOMB. I was a st uh, state sex offender management board. I worked with them and I um, was responsible for treatment teams for sex offenders. So I have a lot of experience working with pedophiles and um it's quite the experience. So I have a, a vested interest in what Josh is doing because of what I experienced, what I saw, and what I was told by the state to keep my mouth shut and do nothing. And uh, there are the, my psychiatrist friends that I worked with in. If they're still in that field, I don't know. But basically, you're not allowed to tell the truth because there is an actual agenda, I you know, it was rehabilitation. And if you work with these people, there is, if they're honest, if there's some semblance of honesty, they cannot be re rehabilitated at all. And I'll back that up. And they can't. And the games they play. So I just want to talk to Josh about some of that, because I don't want to go take all the thunder. But because people... Oh, no, really, go for it. I've been talking yeah. a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just start in on this. You know, um, people don't understand uh, what's going on. Like you talked about Epstein's Island, the circle in the square. That is a fertility symbol that people mm -hmm. need to know. And you can figure out what the square is, and you can figure out and let your mind wonder what the circle is. And you can pretty much understand what's going on with uh with the kids but they um but what i work with the sex offenders is that they groom they groom it's not about the sexual act it is about the acquiring of power and they're very narcissistic and it's all about acquiring 
power and dominance over people. And they love to groom people. And grooming, what do I mean by grooming? Grooming simply means you're preparing uh, a family to willing to give up their kids if they're a family member. Or you're grooming the entire society to accept their behavior. And they paint themselves as nice little old people. And they're, they're your smiling uncle, you know, like... Uh, some guy who ran for public office said that when the time he said it, I mean, he said that uh, little kids like to rub his uh, white legs and see the hair stand up on him. You know, it's on video and, you know, you know, see people like that that are in public office now who say these things, these are red flags. And so they groom people to be a kindly old soul or something. And it's, it's a power play because they're, they're actually uh, building up, an arousal for what I can say. And I had the privilege, I don't call it a privilege, it was my duty or my job. I had to go to before the courts and I have to prepare the documents and take people's rights away and all that. And I have to jot every T document, everything perfectly. But I have to read their sexual fantasy diary because that's part of the treatment program. They have a fantasy diary. And I want to say, after reading some of these fantasy diaries, if you look at Epstein's Island, I see a fantasy world of these people. I look at Neverland Ranch, I see a fantasy land of perps, we call them perps, what they do. They fantasize about being kind and gentle, and they're all about loving and all this stuff, and they will groom the entire society to accept them. And they're looking for younger and younger victims, which gets to the point of child trafficking. And... Um, a lot of the individuals uh, were low-level uh, occultists, and they were involved in one of my clients, and I can't give any more details about him, uh, was involved in a satanic thing. And he actually escaped <laughs> from, the, from the halfway house, and thankfully they caught him just trying to hitchhike back to town to perp on somebody. And so it's you know these people um there's a phrase in the bible it's in revelation it says outsider dogs it's the best way i could describe it you know imagine what you know i like dogs everybody likes dogs but imagine what dogs do when they greet each other they they smell certain ends and their tongues go certain places that um I don't want to gross people out, but a lot of the pedophiles, they, and especially in the satanic realm that we're talking about, get off on the smell of urine and feces. And what they do to those kids would break your heart. And, and, and then, then I had also in my career path, I had to do the social histories of the victims. And it, it just, it would tear you up looking at this stuff. And, you know, these people, um, they collect trophies of their victims. I don't know if you saw that, Josh, in your um, thing about the trophies. Did you want to talk about that? Yes. Um, so two, two of the people in the film and then um, two or three people in the audio uh, interviews that we have in the bonus features. Who, th these are people who, like, like yourself, who have worked with and actively do work with today. Uh, victims who have come out of satanic ritual abuse and uh, trafficking situations. And they, they say the same exact thing. You know, one of, one of the people in the film, 
uh, Tom Dunn, he, he mentioned that as well, that when they rescue, a, when they rescue a child, the, these kids will be all over the country, but they all tell the same kinds of story. And it's exactly the kinds of things that you just said. Uh, and that, that's not anything a kid is going to think to make up. I mean, what, what, how, when you're, when you're five, six years old, that's not the kinds of things, you know, those horrific fantasy things, like you mentioned, are, are not the kinds of things that are going to be going through your head. Um, and it, it gets to the point where it's like, well, what's most likely it's like, yeah, you, you hear somebody say that. And it, it, at first it sounds unbelievable, but for, for that to, to actually be fabricated, it would mean either all of the investigators are lying and they're, they're all the investigators are like in a, in some kind of cabal of their own to, to lie to everybody. And for what purpose that doesn't make sense. Or all the kids are somehow lying and they're all networking across the country somehow. I mean, it gets to the point where it's more ridiculous to believe that they're lying than to just believe that what they're saying is the truth. But then most people have a, a, an immediate adverse reaction to that because they don't want to admit that this kind of thing happens in America. Because if they admit that, then they know that they, in some way, they are personally responsible for shaping the culture in a better way. They're, they're, they have some accountability. They have, uh, they have some responsibility to live their lives in a way that's going to shape their shape the culture away from this stuff. And most people don't want to take that on because they don't want to think about it. And I'm not disparaging anybody. I, I get it. I completely understand. Th those are horrific things to have to think about, have to read about, have to even know about. But if we want these things to stop, we have to know about them. We have to talk about them. And it's, it's for the future generations and for our current generations of, of children. So I, I really appreciate the work that you've done in this area, uh, Brian. And I appreciate your willingness to talk about it. You're one of very few uh, that, that are actually able to do that. Uh, most people, and actually, I, I was, you mentioned something, and I was curious to get your take on this. Uh, you, you mentioned something, how this gets covered up a lot. When I talked with uh, Greg Reed, who is uh, an, an investigator, and he's, he's worked with police departments and stuff before in these areas, uh, he, he even uh, uh, said that, or at least implied that when a child is rescued from a child sex trafficking and satanic ritual abuse situation. Usually the thing that's focused on is just the sex trafficking stuff. And then the police don't really talk about or bring up the SRA stuff because it sounds fantastic. And, and it, it just, they don't want to ruin their reputation and it gets covered up because, you know, it's not that the cops are evil. The cops are, well, some of them are, but the cops are just thinking, look, we got the kid back. We, we rescued him. There's, there's no point in, in going into all this stuff. Uh, let's just leave that there. And, you know, let's focus on that. We, we saved the kid. And to me, it's like, that's, a, that's, you know, excuse the pun, but that's a cop out. You know, we, we should be, if they're police officers and they, they know something, they should be exposing the truth of what happened, you know? Uh, but I think a lot of times it's, it's because it can't be substantiated or there's not direct evidence and it's just plain easier to not believe in your experience. Did you, uh, did you see a lot of instances where, you know, high ranking officials or police officers or people in authority were actively trying to cover this up? And if so, what, what were some of the reasons why, why, why do you think that was going on? Um, it wasn't so open. It was sort of underhanded. Like we were supposed to be in a treatment program to rehabilitate these untre untreatable people. And, oh boy, I won't get into that. But, and so then when you, they do their perpetrations and they do the crimes and the type of crimes, you wonder why are these people in a halfway house? I mean, like the one I was, was a satanic guy who loved the urine feces stuff. And I can't really divulge anymore. And his trophies were, 
collecting hair, especially pubic hair of his victims. And, um, and he had a, and he would get it from other in the other perps there and they would have little parties and we had to break those up all the time. And, um, see these these uh that's the type of thing you're not allowed to talk about you're not allowed to talk about how they perpetrate on somebody because people go oh no that's just because uh, they do it to each other then they do it to the kid i mean this, this is how it goes uh, and so the state that you know at the time when i was working in the field just didn't want that released almost seemed like from talking to some of the psychiatrists and stuff, it seemed like the state wanted to be hush hush about child trafficking. You talk about the pedophiles, but don't talk about the the pedophile group. You know I mean here in Colorado, just recently they arrested like uh, 25 people involved in one of these groups. We had one up here when I was working, and the main perpetrator. Uh, who victimized one of my clients who, who was now victimizing in that satanic cult who was one of his victims. And so you're not allowed to talk about the satanic abuse at all. You know, that's a conflict of church and state. <laughs> in fact, Josh, I tell you, I had a psychiatrist come up, one of the lead psychiatrists of SOMB said, you know, I wish we could do exorcisms. <laughs> And I said, oh, we really haven't even mentioned it to the, to the sex offense and the management board here, people? And they said, yes, I have. Well, what did they say? I was just curious what she says. It's a, you know, separation of church and state. We can't do a thing. And I said, do you think that's what they need? I go, yes. I even contacted the priest. I was ready to go. And it's like, oh, yeah. Um, and it's, that's the type of thing you're not allowed to talk about. You're not allowed to talk about somebody working in the field, how you are attacked. Because you're dealing with occult forces from these individuals. Now, I'm a Christian, strong Christian. I know about this stuff, but I felt sorry for a lot of the psychiatrists and, and personnel staff who were not. And they, or maybe they were, they don't know this stuff. But how many car wrecks they've been in? How many times uh, they almost lost their life and what they're dealing with and the dark shadows that dart inside their rooms sometimes at night and some of the illnesses and strange illnesses that these individuals get. And in uh, the strange phenomena that will happen during the uh, uh, the treatment thing, when you're inter you know talking to the people, counseling them, and uh, the mind reading that they can do is phenomenal. I won't get into all that. And, you know, I'm I I'm sitting there as a Christian who's done deliverance. I'm sitting here and I'm going, um, and they're staring at me, and I know they sent something, but I just. I can't do anything. I'm restricted by the state. And they don't want to talk about that. You know, they don't want to talk. And they don't want to talk about the grooming either that these people do. And I come to the conclusion, as well as a few other people, that many of the state officials in higher positions are possibly, we can't prove it, but possibly involved in this type of thing. This is what people don't understand. There's a, a document here. I just want to bring it up and do it real quick. It's called, it came out in 2006. It's the Palermo. I think I pronounced that Palermo. It's Italian Palermo Protocol. It talks about child trafficking and talks about trafficking of persons. <clears throat> and on section C here, and I'm reading here, and I quote, the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring of receipt of 
child for purposes of exploitation shall be considered trafficking in persons, even if this does not involve any of the means set forth in the subparagraph A of this article. In other words, if you transport a child over a, into another country, drop them off of a fence, that's child trafficking. That is big business. When you work in this field, you're not allowed to talk about this. This is big business. This is how the satanic people earn their money, a lot of it. And they don't, that, that's, that's, that's just it. They do. And we're not allowed to talk about these things. We're just not. It's, it's amazing. You so know, um, you brought up a good point. In fact, uh, before I uh, bring uh, that comment, I just want to say, if you're just joining us, welcome aboard. I'm excited to be here tonight with our special guest, Josh Peck, and our co-host tonight, Brian Melvin. We're talking about a brand new documentary called Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking. And um, gentlemen, you mentioned a word called grooming, and I didn't know what that was. Is that a hairstylist? You know, I just heard grooming. Uh, I was not aware of, th this, of this problem. Now I'm becoming aware this is almost ubiquitous. And do you remember maybe a year or two, there was a, um, they call him a right-wing activist. That's just the name Fox News gave him. His name is Tommy Robinson in England. And he gets jailed for trying to break up child trafficking. And that's where I first heard the word grooming um, the court did not like him filming in that particular case. It was a Muslim group, a Muslim gang that were reportedly grooming young children for human trafficking. And they give this guy hell. They arrested him. He almost died in jail, almost starved to death, got out. Then they tried to put him back in. I don't know if they did or not. And not only in that case, but almost everything that I'm hearing the people that should be prosecuted, they're being protected over the children who are being victimized. What's going on? Do you remember that case with Tommy Robinson? You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, that kind of thing happens often. We've seen that with the Epstein case. He was allowed to abuse children over and over again. I mean, they, they had an, up, uh, an open and shut case on him years uh, before his, his so-called suicide, which we do deal with that in the movie as well. But uh, but these things get dragged out or what'll happen just for the headline when they catch like a pedophile with child porn on their computer or a trafficker or something, they'll make a big headline saying that, oh, you know, so-and-so got a thousand years in prison, but you know what happens almost every time he does a few months, maybe a year, and then gets out on good behavior. And then he's on probation and he has to sign up for some list, but a lot of times they don't do it. They get around it and then they, they're in and out of prison, but they don't, they don't actually stay there. Nothing actually really gets done. The, the laws, in, what, when we look at what's going on in England and Australia is really bad with this too. When we see what's going on in these other countries, that's coming to America. It's actually, in many ways, it's already here. Uh, we're just, we, we, it, it's not as bad here, but it, that, I don't mean to like cushion it. It's bad. Uh, so we saw that in the Epstein case. You brought up grooming. A lot of parents don't realize how prevalent this thing is. The, the child sex trafficking that we know about only 1% of this crime is ever reported. That means 99% is unreported and it's, it's out there and there's no official reports about it. That, that's horrifying. So everything that we're talking about 
um, Brian's bringing up some some insider information, which is great. But like every everything that like I, I'm I've I've said, it only deals with one percent of the crime. So that that is that is absolutely horrifying how prevalent this is. And parents need to realize what grooming is, how these groomers are are going to attack the child. Because a lot of times parents think of like the movie Taken, and sometimes it is like that. It's like a kidnapping thing, but not always. When there's a kidnapping, there's a lot of focus. You know, cops are called. Sometimes the media gets involved, not often anymore. But a lot of times now, traffickers have found ways to traffic children and allow them to return home, and the parents have no idea what's going on. That happened with Alonka Deaton. For, for a while, while she was being trafficked, she was allowed to return home. In that case, her trafficker, who is her music manager, uh, a friend of the family, her, her trafficker told her that if she told her mom or told anybody what was going on, she would kill her family and make her watch. So for her, it was like uh, it was like a self-sacrifice thing. She, she would rather sacrifice herself than have her family be hurt. But that's how manipulative these traffickers are. Sometimes they don't even go that extreme. Sometimes if uh, this happens with girls, but it happens with boys too, but it's, it's mostly girls, uh, though with the number of boys is on the rise as well. But the trafficker will pose as like a caring guy. He's, a, he's an older boy friend. Usually the girl doesn't have a great relationship with her dad or even a distant relationship with the dad. Maybe the father isn't even a bad father, but he works all the time. He's supporting the family and he doesn't have a really close uh, trusting relationship with his daughter. And because of that, daughters crave that kind of stuff from their dads. So because of that, she's going to look for it in other areas. And that's where groomers are going to prey on that young girl. So the young girl believes that this, this guy over here, yeah, he's a little older, but he, he's caring about me. He loves me. He wants to take care of me. Uh, and we just need to figure out a way, how can we get some money so we can, so we can leave and, and be happy and, you know, like a Disney movie or something. Um, so the, the, and groomers will do this with several girls and they'll do this over a long period of time. Uh, and eventually they make it, they, they, they convince the, the girl to start prostituting herself. Prostitution is not the right word for it, but uh, that, that's what they'll, you know, just in a sense, they'll, 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 but they do it in a way where the girl believes it was her idea. It's really manipulative. And that's how the guy ha has his hooks in her, because if she thinks it's her idea, she's not going to go tell her parents about that. She, she's going to be afraid her parents are going to be mad or are going to hate her now because she's done this, this, this awful thing. And she doesn't realize that she's a victim of this guy's manipulation. And then the, all, all the while, the parents have no idea what's going on. You know, they might see an attitude change in their daughter, but they figure, well, you know, she's 13. She's becoming a teenager. The, you know, an attitude comes with, you know, com comes with that age. That just happens. And so there's, there are parents today who are doing pretty much everything right but their child is still being trafficked and they have no idea. And, and largely this happens because in this country, this topic has been ignored. And uh, there are very few people who want to actually talk about, like, like Brian said, not just the individual pedophiles, but the network. This is an enterprise. This isn't just a few individual pedophiles here and there. Like Epstein isn't just one guy. He, he's, he's the face of a whole enterprise. And, and there, there are there are thousands, millions of Epstein's in the world, um, and so that's the kind of thing that, by and large, people don't want to admit or don't want to face. But as long as we keep ignoring it, 
uh, our children are going to become more and more and more at risk. And th that's why I say too, there's no fence in this area. You're either on one side or another. There, there is no staying out of it because if you stay out of it, you are right where the pedophiles want you. If you are not active in it, if you're not doing anything, or if you're just uh, voting once every four years and thinking that that's going to fix it, you are right where the pedophiles want you. They want you inactive. They want you apathetic. They want you to go home and watch Netflix and not think about this stuff because that's what gives them the most freedom to abuse our children. So there is no middle of the line. There's no staying on the fence. You're either uh, active, uh, you're either active against this stuff or through inactivity, you are uh, supporting it I inadvertently, but you're still supporting it. And so, uh, you know, I, I want to applaud you both for actually talking about this topic openly. Like I said, you're one of the, you're one of the very few who's willing to talk about this in a uh, a rational manner, uh, but also without pulling any punches, without holding back and just telling America what is going on with our children in this country. We're live tonight with Josh Peck and Brian Melvin. And Brian, I'm going to give it to you in just one second, but I want to highlight a word you just mentioned, fence. Now, I want you to tell me what's going on. I heard in the past week or two that cartels in Mexico are dropping kids over the fence. What's going on there in your opinion? And before I do that, um, let me read you both a January 15th headline. Fox News, Britain hit by another Asian grooming gang scandal as report exposes child sex abuse in Manchester. And they say British authorities knew that a network of predominantly, in this case, South Asian men, was grooming vulnerable children in Manchester, but failed to act to stop dozens of girls from being abused, according to a damning new report. I mean, I see a pattern here, guys. We're doing nothing to stop the very people who are doing this. There seems to be a cover-up. Now, uh, let me throw this into the mix. During this election, which I am going to hold to my uh, view that it was stolen, and one of the attorneys who POTUS had, um, who had, who had worked on a team that was trying to represent POTUS, President Trump, Lynn Wood, he came out with a report of a whistleblower who has some damning evidence that if true, and it should come out in the court, let's hear the, the report, child trafficking that could reach to the Supreme Court and as high as the executive branch, people working under Trump, potentially implicated in child trafficking, homosexuality, uh, pedophilia. Brothers, if this is true, if reports I'm hearing that even federal judges are in on this, no wonder there's a cover up here. How are we going to get any justice? Back to that question. The fence. Have you heard about kids being dropped over the fence at the border? What's going on down there at the border? Yeah, the horrifying thing about that, I'll say just one quick thing and then turn it over to Brian. But but this, this story and these stories show that this crime can't be profiled. It's not one kind of person that does it. 
people of all races, people of all uh, financial standings, you know, all over the economy, where, wherever somebody is in life, there, there's going to be, whether Christian or not Christian, th this crime doesn't profile, unfortunately. That's something that Yako Bullion said uh, in the film, which is, which is horrifying. You can't create a profile for this type of person because you find them in all walks of life. So that, that story and other stories like that show that, you know, it's in Mexico, it's in Asia, it's in America, it's in Europe, it's in Australia. And uh, you're absolutely right. It, it is infiltrating in the government. And that's why we can't just stick with just voting once every four years. Even if you get the right guy, like, uh, you know, like, let's say Trump is the right guy. He's only in there for four years and he's fighting a major uphill battle. He's in there at most eight years and he's fighting a major uphill battle because he's got to go against all of these uh, career politicians uh, who, who are in there 30, 40 years in, in government who aren't elected and they have their roots deep in the system and they're not going anywhere. So that, that's what one person is, is up against. So it's more than just voting every four years. We have to do a lot more and shift the culture and shine a spotlight on this. But I want to turn it over to Brian because I, I, I only got a couple minutes and I want to hear what he has to say about that uh, story because I, Brian, I have a feeling, Brian, you probably know more about the profiling and stuff like that with uh, uh, your experience. Uh, yeah. Um, don't have a whole lot of time here, but I'm going to go ahead and cut, shoot through this. First, uh, uh, the general profile that most people think of is the individual is a lone wolf, pedophile, just out of, you know, just disgusting person, lock them up, put them in a treatment plan. He gets out pretty fast, puts, that's what I came in with my treatment teams and, and pass them on to us. And you can't really maintain them and you're dealing and I, and I go into the halfway houses where these people were kept. And oh my, I, I can't even, dis it's disgusting. Just put it what goes on. Um, but you know, lone wolves run in packs. And so what we found that we can't talk about is the packs and, and, the, and the marketing of children. And so the, the relationship that I see as professional in that field at one time, I'm watching them drop kids over the fence and they're talking about trafficking. And I'm going in that UN Plumeramo, um, protocol that came out where it talks about that type of thing is illegal but it's just overlooked by the current administration as nothing all the unaccompanied minors and my my, my mind goes oh my uh, people don't have a clue what's going on so basically another thing i want to share on is grooming and um the entire united states population is being groomed uh, this was way back when I was in the field. We saw this uh, constantly being groomed to accept these people. And uh, Netflix, Cuties was one example, the troll that thing that came out. It's just slowly through behavior modification techniques, these people in, in power will use, if you know what you're looking for in a profile thing, in a case, is behavior modification techniques and brainwashing and shocking people and threatening people, all that. But you're really nice about it. You always come across uh, what we're not allowed to talk about real quickly here. We can't talk about the, the people with the money. Some of those people get caught they're out and you don't see them again. They, they get through the program quite quick and you wonder how in the world did that happen? So you look through that. So these people, again, they are grooming with the, um, transgender agenda a lot of this stuff involves i'm, I'm gonna be open I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of being silent about this they'll take little boys and they will dress them up as girls they will shave the hair off of a girl her hair and her pubic hair 
uh, smear feces on them. They'll do all kinds of crazy things where that circle and that square represents. And it's they want to frighten the child in order to attain power. When you read their diaries, it's all about power and dominance. And they have to go to a higher level of perversion to get satisfied. It's like a drug. And that's another thing we're not allowed to talk about. So, they're, so we're watching the entire United States, the entire world being groomed to turn over to these their kids to these people without even knowing it it's only a lone wolf but they don't realize they run in packs and they're being groomed to accept these people's lifestyle as transgender and here's those uh a lot of those transgender people who are reading stories in the library you don't hear about them anymore why because a lot of them got caught folks this is prolific i am just shocked at what's going on here you need to get this film it's been an honor tonight to have special guest Josh Peck. Brian, I want you to stay for hour two. And um, Josh, tell us where people go to get this film. And then secondly, I want you to tell people about your live broadcast you're doing and how people can tune into your channel and support your work you're doing, please. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. If uh, people want to see the film, the best place to get it is skywatchtvstore.com. And the reason is because they can get the DVD, but they'll also get a whole bunch of uh, bonus material that we produce specifically for this film that you can't get anywhere else. And the, these are re really, you know, hard hitting exposés and things. So there, there are extra documentaries and audio series and uh, a lot of materials only available at skywatchtvstore.com. If people just want to stream the movie, movie they can do so on amazon and i would ask please leave a review um we we have a lot of people because it is a christian film and the people in there are christian and like everything our solution is christ but because of that it's attracted uh negative reviews from atheists and things like that saying that it's just christian propaganda so we we would love to get some honest reviews from people uh it's it, even despite all of that it has a really high rating right now it's 4.5 or 4.8 stars or something like that but if people could leave a review on Amazon and IMDb. That would be a huge help to us. Leave an honest review, uh, and but they can they can watch it there. And then keep in mind too that by getting the movie, by watching the movie, not only are you educating yourselves and you're helping uh, your family, yourself, and society in that way, but also a hundred percent of the profits of this film go to Whispering Ponies Ranch, which is a place where children who have been rescued from child sex trafficking can go to uh, for, for safety and to heal and to learn how to live a, a, a normal and well-rounded life. There, there are numerous success stories from Whispering Ponies Ranch. It's a wonderful ministry. So uh, we want to support that any way we can. hundred percent of the profits of the film, wherever people get it, uh, will go there. And then last, um, my, my specific broadcast, uh, me and Brian are both part of this. It's uh, dailyrenegade.com. It's basically like the Netflix of fringe Christianity stuff. So uh, I host a couple shows on there. Brian hosts a couple shows. And we have a couple other hosts on there as well. Uh, we're building the platform. We're, we're doing everything we can to, to make this. It, it was born out of censorship, actually. We, I used to put everything of mine available just for free on YouTube. But then YouTube started deleting things. And I didn't have a backup copy because I didn't think I needed one back. Back in the old days of YouTube, you never had to worry about censorship. It just wasn't even a concern that came up. Uh, but YouTube started deleting. They deleted an entire channel of mine, eight years of hard work, hundreds of thousands of uh, oh, subscribers. 
Yeah. And so uh, we're starting from scratch. We're having to, we have about 3000 subscribers. So if we can get people to subscribe, that would be great. But, but we built daily renegade as a way to combat the censorship. If they delete this channel again, which they probably will at some point, but if they delete it again, people have daily renegade.com that they can uh, go to. So uh, now there is, it is behind a paywall because it costs money to build something like that. So we, and we want people who want to help support that ministry to come and help us build that we're developing an app. We're, building up the website uh, and uh, and we're also producing content that we can't have on YouTube for free because YouTube will delete it so, such as this show if, yeah. if we if we were to upload this to, to YouTube like if, if I specifically because I have a target on my back now if I were to upload this to YouTube it would get deleted and my channel would get deleted immediately but at daily yeah. renegade, I can put this up there and it's no problem. It's, it's, it's our website. We can do what we want with it. So that's why we built Daily Renegade. Once again, it is dailyrenegade.com. There is a free trial if people want to check it out before they decide if they want to support us or not. Um, it's a seven-day free trial, dailyrenegade.com. And then there's, a, there's two options for membership, monthly or yearly, whichever uh, best suits the individual. So uh, if people want more of me and Brian, that is a place to go. Brian hosts an amazing show on there called The Christian Marauder. Uh, goes through just some some of the most amazing uh, and, and unique Bible study I've ever heard in my life. Uh, so people can check that out one one more time, dailyrenegade.com. Thank you so much. Josh, for me on. also, sure. um, are you working on any new projects? Yes. Anything in the pipeline? Yes. So I'm hoping to uh, finish uh, two films this year. Uh, one hopefully will be released this year and the next one will be released probably early next year. <laughs> Uh, right now we're, um, and it's strange because it actually is a completely different topic, uh, but it has to do with uh, prophecy, Dead Sea Scrolls. We, we actually found some information in the Dead Sea Scrolls relating to a, a, an ancient prophecy having to do with the years bet between 2025 and 2075. So the time that we're just about to enter into. So, so we're, we're producing a couple of films on that. Uh, it also ties in with some work of uh, Dr. Thomas Horn. This will be available through Skywatch Films, just like Silent Cry was. Uh, and we'll try to get it on Amazon and all that stuff as well. But that's what I'm currently working on. I also just completed a book on the same topic, and that should be out uh, later this year, too. So for more information on that, people can check out SkywatchTV.com. Josh. I just want to uh, ask go ahead, Josh, one, one thing yes. before he leaves. I just want to say this because one thing yeah. I left out and I wanted to get it out is that we yeah. need, if your parents out there and you guys got kids, how do you know if your child is being groomed and has not been abused? How, what are the signs for that? So um, I know Josh knows this, but a lot of people don't know. So one of the things you need to look for is a personality change in the child. So they get yes. real quiet hmm. all of a sudden and they get this look in their eye. It's a mean look. And, and, and they're just a lot like that a lot of time. And they're very closed. And you try to touch them, they freak. But the most common sign is, I call it the look. I don't know, I have experience, I work with the victims too. And they have a look and um, they are very sullen and quiet. Or they get, they'll drop out of a hat, they'll get angry and they'll lash out at some kid and beat the you know what out of or they get in trouble at school grades drop but it's the look and they total personality change and there's something not right and and i if that's happening 
look around your family, look around your school and find out who's the most jolly old soul there. And you can probably find a lone wolf. Then you can trace it to his pack. I'm just saying in a real brief thing, we need to address the children because it's very important how to identify them. Because I'm, I'm sick of the 1% being reported. And I know how many are passed through the, through it. Cause I know I, read the police reports. <laughs> so, yeah. So this- Folks, the best thing we can do is spread the word to everybody we can about what's going on here. We cannot allow this to be covered up anymore. I want to encourage you to get this new documentary film, watch it, put it on your Facebook wall, anywhere you can share it. And let's get the word out here and let's save some children. Josh, Thank you for coming on. Uh, We would love to have you back on soon. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you for coming on. And when you see Tom Horn, give him my regards. We want to get him back on soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Josh Peck, thedailyrenegade.com. God bless you, Josh. God bless you too. Friends, that was Josh Peck. Brian, how are you doing for time? I have a few minutes. Well, I tell you, I'm excited to be here tonight or today. Excuse me. It's tonight here in Bali, but we're actually already in uh, Thursday morning, April 8, 2021. I'm live with special guest tonight, Brian Melvin. Afterhoursministry.com is your website. Now, Brian, you have a channel and you do regular video programs. You're a seasoned veteran of video. Tell us about your channel. What are you doing over there? Okay. I have a YouTube channel called The Christian Marauder. Just look that up and you'll see a, the Ephesians 6 knight holding a shield against fiery darts. That's me. It's The Christian Marauder. And on YouTube, it's pretty easy to find. I do usually a Saturday morning live stream as well as others. I also air my shows on The Daily Renegade. And he airs them, and I also show them some of them on my channel, too, especially the Bible study we're doing in the book of Revelation. You see, I just finished uh, Revelation chapter 21. That was delayed on Josh's channel, so it actually airs first on mine. And so, <laughs> so that's, I just went ahead and posted it because I thought everything was set, but just how it worked. But you can go in there, and then I'll be doing Revelation chapter 22, and it's like, uh, the information that I get is through prayer and just things that the Lord has shown me over the years of what to look for, signs, symbols, meanings, and how to look at the Bible, you know, in the traditional commentary way, but don't stick with that. That's just to, just to get your feet wet. There's more to it. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. So if you go to my channel, you'll see things like that. I have content about New World Order, the uh, connection between Alice Bailey and Blavatsky with what we're seeing today. Uh, for example, if you know about the seven mountain mandate, no, that did not come from some body in the Christian church that came from Alice Bailey. She taught it uh, first. And so she taught the seven mountain mandate, which was, but it was, she didn't call it that. She channeled the spirit, how to set that up on a worldwide program and bring the church into it. I also reveal how she prophesied in 1925 about this, how this would be in 50 years time will go into the churches. And it did August 2nd, 
or August 2nd, something like that in Colorado in Aspen, Colorado. And that's when it happened. It would go underground and then it'll come back in, in the right around the turn of the century, which it did. So um, pretty amazing stuff. So I document that also document things that are going on as well around us that we're seeing right now. I go to the sources, I document it through the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Economic Forum, the Interplanet United Nations Interplanetary Fund, and all wow. the stuff. And I connect all the dots. They're, these people are so open about this. It's so easy to find. It, it really is. And I don't know why pastors are not warning their congregation what's coming down the pike. Uh, basically, what you're seeing right now, Shannon, what we're seeing happening right now, especially in the United States, as well as the world, the idea is to blend super capitalism with communism and so what does super capitalism super capitalism is is monopolies <laughs> and so you have monopolies who will start controlling government policy to create a kinder gentler world this is directly out of the world economic forum they meet in davos every time uh, since 19 late 1970s on up to current and Klaus Schwab is his head of that. And their whole plan is to get rid of uh, the, they call it capitalism. We really don't have a capitalist system. We have a free market that's well-regulated to get rid of monopolies. They, they sabotage that. So now they have four monopolies, the influence to government, government policies to make a kinder, gentler, all-inclusive social justice world. And they have a phrase that came out in 2016 out of the United Nations. And that organization out of the UN was how to uh, build back better after a catastrophe like a hurricane or a cyclone or, you know, that comes, devastates an area. So it's a good thing that it destroyed everything and killed all these people. Now you can build it back better. You can build a more socially equitable world free from all this stuff and how to do it is basically you have to destroy the system by implementing chaos into the system burn it burn it down baby so they can build it back better that means they want to take over your finances they want to go to digital currency in order to control you i, I talked about sex offenders and grooming and these are narcissistic people and they're they this is a narcissist paradise they control every person's finances you own nothing you're going to be happy about it, is their, their their motto and they are all about doing that and implementing that so now i'm hearing about major league baseball uh siding with the communist chinese party boycotting uh the the election laws in Georgia come to Colorado, which has stricter election laws. <laughs> the hypocrisy wow. knows, no, no, knows no bounds. And, and so it's a major corporation and they're announcing it. They're open. They're saying, we think it's great that corporations can dictate to politicians public policy to build back better. And so you have that. So Klaus Schwab borrowed that phrase. Justin Trudeau said it. Uh, Biden used it in his uh, Boris Johnson over there in the UK has used it. It tells me uh, all these people go to Davos and they're in a, a political, I call it a, a quasi-political religious cult of Klaus Schwab who gives everybody their marching orders to create a brave new world. They control everything. Even you, you are reduced to surf class. 
and they want to eliminate a large segment of the world's population as well. And a lot, a lot of people like uh, John F. Kennedy warned about these people. Uh, um, mm-hmm. can't remember the guy's name, but he was killed in the uh, airline, Korean airline shootdown in 1983. Warned about these people. Congressmen warned about it all throughout the 1950s. Barry Goldwater mentioned it. I have a book somewhere. I think it's upstairs right now that talks about this well documented these people warned what's coming down the pike j edgar hoover warned about this i mean in 1958 he said something to the effect that nobody in the united states could believe that there's people out there so ruthless and cruel that want to want to destroy all that is decent and good you know brian what's shocking is that everything you're saying is true but there's not many people talking about it in the church. If anybody could change this, it would be the people of God. Why are the pastors not talking about this? They avoid these subjects. You know, it's like they want to be, um, you know, um, politically correct. They want to be neutral. We can't afford to be neutral, Brian. No. God's wanting us to take a stand against evil. God's not happy with what's going on. And one of the things that'll bring judgment on a nation I learned from Dr. Jonathan Hansen is, you know, murder, murder of the unborn, hurting the innocent. You know, Jesus said, if you were, if you hurt one of these little children, be better. You're not born, mm-hmm. you know, be better. You take a millstone around your neck and jump off in the ocean. God's not happy with what's going on, and God's not calling the church to sit on the sidelines, to be apolitical, to be neutral on this. No, we need to be leading the charge to protect the children, to stop this, to expose it. We need to be marching on abortion clinics again. If we go to jail, so be it. Better to be persecuted for righteousness and than to sit on the sideline and be like Miraz, you know, a group of people that could have come to, to the help of the Lord. The Lord needs help sometime. Mm-hmm. And the angel of the Lord cursed them. He said, curse ye Miraz, curse ye Miraz, for they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. You know, Israel was under attack and there were portions of people that were just sitting it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have an opinion on it. What do you mean you don't have an opinion on it? Folks, we need to be the voice for the children who have no voice. And sadly, uh, that's why I think we're in the mess that we're in, Brian. Yeah. You know, I didn't see many in the evangelical community get up to support President Trump, mm-hmm. who was in the battle for his life. Now, he was not a perfect man. There's a few things that I'm not happy that he did, but I'm very happy that we had him for four years. I w- I voted for him so we could have him for another four years. Mm-hmm. And we had people who didn't even vote. We had people that said, you know, I don't like this guy because he um, says one John instead of first John. What, what the heck yeah. is going on here? This was the first man, POTUS, President Trump, stood up for Israel as a nation. 
and Jerusalem as its capital, stood up for our military when others were defunding them, not paying their medical bills when they would go over and serve across the, the waters and come back wounded. Obama could, could give a crap about our military. I have a son who right now is at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. He joined and they gave him the armpit of all assignments. He's in Cuba, Guantanamo Bay. He will have been there almost five years by the time he gets out. But I said, son, I'm, I'm so proud you served under POTUS, a man who cares about the military. The guy we got in there does not. The previous presidents do not. And I can go on and on and tell you some great things that President Trump did. And where was the Christian community? Now, many of us did support him, and we voted for him and supported him when the whole world was against him. But there's many that did not. They hated the guy. Why do you hate the guy? Well, he did this or that. Okay, yeah, in his past. What did you and I do in our past? He did without sin cast the first stone. Where am I going with this? I'm simply saying we've got a um, uh, endemic, I don't know if that's the right word, we've got a, a problem in the church. It didn't just start. You know, many have a tendency just to sit it out, you know, to, to, to shoot their mouth off, but when it push comes to shove, they're, they can't be counted on the day of battle. And because many people look the other way, because many people took the neutral route because many people said, uh, I hate this guy so much that I'll even take the worst Biden. Well, you got much worse than president Trump. You've got a, a man who has sold you and I out to the communists time after time. He's owned by the red communist Chinese, the CCP, his son, who was caught in bed with a, you know, with a crack pipe, falling asleep with it in his mouth, Hunter, who should be in jail tonight. He was caught having sex, if the reports are true, with underage minors. And he had been cutting deals for decades and giving the old man his cut. We've been sold out, folks. Welcome to communism. And the church has blood on its hands. We have just seen ourselves attacked by the World Economic Forum and other groups, the globalists, who did a brute force power grab on the world, took our freedoms away. And, you know, I know God's not happy about what's happened. You know, Brian, I believe it was God's will for President Trump to win. But God's will is not always done. What do I mean by that? And then I'm going to give it back to you. Doesn't the Lord's Prayer say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray his will be done. But we don't always do it. Sometimes we do nothing at all when we should have been the first to stand up and speak out and say, this is not right. We're not going to accept this. But many chose to be politically correct. Oh, I, as a pastor, can't get into politics. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you will not even speak up as the country is going to hell and the communist forces are moving in because they're going to make your life a literal hell now. And 
we do things many times that God's not pleased with. And there's repercussions for disobedience. God's will is not always done. Is it God's will that people get divorced? Is it God's will that pedophiles rape a child? Is it God's will that you commit adultery or homosexuality or fornication? Is it God's will that you smoke a crack pipe? No, but people do things that are wrong. And that's on a micro scale. Then you look at the macro on a national level. We've gotten leaders engaged in some of these crimes that we were talking about in the other show. Child trafficking in all likelihood, pedophilia. Um, Marina Abramovich, soul cooking. I know we've talked about that. People addicted, you know, to the high from adrenochrome. There's people doing this, folks, at the highest level. We've been sold out. And we get what we deserve if we are not willing to speak up and do something about it and raise a voice and say, this is not right. We're not going to accept this. And now look at what we're looking at. Total takeover by the World Economic Forum. But by the mercies of God, I don't think it's going to get any better, Brian. I don't know if we can take it back now, brother. They say, well, let's have a fair election next time. What are you talking about? (laughs) Folks, they were putting pizza boxes over windows. Counting votes after they sent everybody home. We had CI Operation Hammer and Scorecard, which got me banned on YouTube. When I brought it up, that was two strikes. Third strike was challenging the who on COVID-19. My point is, if the allegations are true, Brian, and at the highest levels, we've got people involved in child trafficking, pedophilia. We've got people involved in pulling elections using software that is used to pull elections in other countries. Don't think our hands are clean, folks. Our country, our intelligence agencies have been involved for a long time in toppling governments. Goes back to the 60s, maybe before. It was turned on us as a nation. Was that God's will? No. I don't believe it was, Brian. I believe what we saw was a steal. And who steals? Kills and destroys. It's Satan, isn't it? Yep. We're fighting spiritual wickedness in high places. It's time for spiritual warfare. It's time to cast out devils. It's time to preach the gospel like never before. Or there's no coming back from this. Brian, in your assessment of where we're at in 2021, is there any hope left for America? Or are we going over the abyss? I think we're heading over the abyss because nobody's going to do anything. But I always give hope that people will get their act together if they wake up. God always offers a chance of repent, even to those in the, in the tribulation period. So what people realize, need to realize, God wants us to act upon his will. And he said to defend the fatherless, the widows, the orphans and stuff. It doesn't mean to be social justice warriors. It means to make a stand when you're being attacked. I'm going to get out on the street and do something about it. And I'm going to talk about a couple of things. How all this first happened was, was a slow infiltration Alice Bailey channeled and wrote about and planned. And remember, Alice Bailey was instrumental in her husband, Foster Bailey, in setting up the United Nations. So just to let you know that. 
and HP Blavatsky, also occultist. Crowley's in there too. So a lot of these people are involved. But it was they planned an infiltration into the churches and to the seminaries to delegitimize the Bible and over-intellectualize the Bible and bring some false doctrine in and then slowly get everybody sick and tired of sticking the mud Christianity so they'll go to the signs and wonders that they want to and the whole purpose of the signs and wonders and miracles that they were uh, prophesying about I'm paraphrasing here for time's sake was to get people to uh, encounter angels to get their spirit guide it's very new age you know Alice Bailey's the mother of the new age movement and so we're seeing that infiltration in the churches so basically the church has been distracted and fighting each other basically and instead of doing and acting on God's will thy will be done on earth as it in heaven it's just not oh you do it Lord it's like we're his body we're the arms and legs we're the body of Christ and uh, a few of us try we do what we can some of us, some of us are mouthpieces all we could do is speak uh, and we hope people can get their act together so right now I think God allowed all this to happen to try to wake the church up one last time and the pastors could get in here and stop talking about how to get rich, how to be blessed or the, how to be a success or how to have an angel encounter or how to have more miracles, how to have more this, how to have, gain power, how to get this and that. Um, he wants us to get back on track and do what we're supposed to do. Now, I want to just talk about two pastors recently in Canada. There's a pastor that was arrested in Canada in Edmonton, and he got out of jail and so he went back to preaching and so what did the canadian government do this easter they surrounded his uh congregation his church with big huge iron fences so nobody can go in and worship because they view him as a threat because of covid Whoa. and and another uh, pastor who uh, just shouted down a whole mess of police coming into the, his church to, sh to drag him out and say that you can't meet here, you're a violation of health orders, so forth, et cetera. He made a stand and they backed off and walked away. I don't know how long he'll last. I saw that one. Yeah, I can't right. remember um, his name, but he's from Poland. Okay. He escaped communism. He's seeing mm. it happen now. And he had the best advice for the Christian church. Get out in mass and stand in their face. There's more of us than them. And make, make your thing. Now, you're going to kill us? Okay. I, I want to tell the American people right. how serious this is. You have Austin Lloyd, head of the Department of Defense, Defense Secretary, who put out this thing and to determine that the greatest threat, existential threat of insurrection comes from Catholics and evangelical Christians. He said it, not me. They put it in their policy now. The greatest the Christians and Catholics and evangel, evangelical Christians are more of a threat than Hezbollah, Hamas, and ISIS in their eyes. Wow. And so I try to warn people, our government's getting ready to go to war on us. They own the FBI for a long time. We know that. We've seen mm -hmm. it happen with the uh, the. Uh, russia gate thing with trump and russia it was a collusion hoax we've seen it with the department of homeland security they've been compromised and so you have major government agencies who are all globalists who all want to work with the corporations the corporations dictate the policies to uh, housebreak 
everybody to be nice little serfs where you own nothing and you're happy about it. And I want to say this, those of you in the United States and maybe elsewhere too, have you ever wondered why you go into major urban areas or cities and you're seeing all-inclusive communities being built, especially here in Colorado? And it puzzled me because everything revolves around a major shopping area within uh, five to 10 kilometers around these all-inclusive thing and they have parks in them and stuff and well if you read the world economic forum watch their video on the same subject they want to move people into these communities you don't own a car you can't travel and you have to have a bike at least you can go to the grocery store or the box stores that the corporations own and get your stuff and ride your bike back and, and you have a park and you have, you know, you, you own nothing. You're going to be happy about it. We got a perfect world prepared for you. And so it's a prison and um, that's what they're doing. So you need pastors need to get off their duff and start telling their congregations what is coming down the pike, get people wound up from the pulpit to get out and do something like Josh Peck said earlier about the child trafficking, um, and, and stuff and the CEOs who are threatened by wokes, what would they do with 10, 15, 25 million people saying we ain't buying your products, you know, we're, we're screw you, no, threaten them, threaten them. Right. We're, in other words, let's protest peacefully like Antifa and, and, and protest in the kind ways that BML does. You know, but if we do that, since we're Catholics and Christians, uh, we are insurrectionists and they'll gun us down. But we still need to make a stand. I mean, we, we got to make a stand in this stuff. And just like the Polish guy said, we have to get in mass. That's how they brought down communism in there. He was part of Lech Walesa's movement. Another friend of mine, a co-worker from long ago, and I worked inside the jail, who I think he passed away. He had cancer. But him and his wife escaped from Poland. And the stories he told me about communism is, 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 is wow. Um, you don't want to live under there. We have, I know some Cuban people who have escaped from Cuba. Uh, when I grew up in the East Coast there, there are so many Cubans there. And they were so glad to get out of Cuba. Now, a lot of these people are older and they're, and they're trying to tell their grandkids and stuff. What we're seeing happen in the United States happened there first. To a letter, to a T, and you need to wake up you know it's actually a war against christianity is what it's about is what it's actually planned you think china likes christians oh man i think they they really love them don't you no way. They, they like to uh, execute them and, and put them in uh, re-education camps and all the major right. corporations are all buttering up to china now like the major league baseball they made a multi-million dollar deal to bring baseball to china how nice and and all these major corporations there are are you know boy they can make a fortune with a billion people population and yeah they're they're thinking all this stuff too they're thinking wow you know, who needs america who you know, we got a billion people and we have slave labor how cheap can you work? We don't have to worry about environmental rules and regs anymore in China. So China is a great place to, to go do business. We need to expose what these people are doing, why they're doing it, and start shouting it from their yes. housetop with the documentation. It's pretty easy. 
Uh, Tucker Carlson does a great job on that matter, as well as a few others. And just be prepared for the clampdown on free speech. You know, the Communist Chinese Party, the CCP for short, they're only in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't like anybody they can't control. Uh, Christian or Muslim, they've got a million Muslims, the Uyghurs, I think they pronounce it, in concentration camps right now. Christians, they hunt. Mm -hmm. And those are ones that had to go in the underground because if you have a church above ground, they bulldoze it. I heard during the COVID-19 scamdemic that China had bulldozed, I heard, a thousand churches. I didn't know there was that many. It was a large number. I mean, they were going after every of them, every one of them they can find that they can't troll. They bulldoze them. Mm-hmm. That is who is running the show. The CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, 80 million, I think, in a country of a billion people. Um, the good people outnumber the bad. We've got to remember that to your point. Mm-hmm. We outnumber even the who. They have a membership of about 3,000. Yep. Folks, we cannot go silently to our deaths. You know, it was horrible what Adolf Hitler did, murdered 6 million Jews. He murdered gypsies. He mur- murdered even Roman Catholic priests who spoke up against it. Mm-hmm. He murdered the elderly, the disabled, the retarded, the homosexuals. Folks, they hate all of us that they can't control. And sadly, many, instead of rising up, they just conceded. They surrendered and went to the showers, came out through the smokestacks. They were using Zyklon B then. They're using a thing called COVID-19 now. Brother, We should be speaking about all these topics we've been talking about tonight. Churches should be talking about the depopulation agenda. I told some people they were here the other day, and they were like amazed. They said, is it true? And I said, yeah. There's a plan to cull the herd in the words of these New World Order folks. They want to get this planet down to 500 million. means they got to kill about seven to seven and a half billion of us, folks. One of the ways they're doing it is through the injection of the arm. And this is a slippery slope to the mark of the beast that's coming. I want to speak to that just for a second. Um, Have you heard about this thing called the micro needle vaccination, quantum dot tattoo, luciferase enzyme? Uh I heard about it. We should be talking about that in the churches, Brian, but nobody's talking about it. And um, it's alarming. This problem is not only in America, but it's in the country I'm at. It's in countries all over the world. Pastors are not doing their jobs to warn the people. In fact, many are getting on the bandwagon, taken up with the system, Brian. Brian, I have seen Instagram shots of pastors and their wives, and you'll see them rolling their sleeves up, and they're getting the injection. And they're like, hey. It was a piece of cake, you know, and people are saying, oh, pastor, I, I guess I'll take mine too. Now we find out that some of them are getting paid by the, uh, the drug companies. Mm-hmm. They sold their souls and betrayed you and I for 
um, more than 30 pieces of silver, a lot of money. And folks, they're leading people to their deaths. This is just one of the way they want to take people out. Mm -hmm. The food supply is being affected. Have you heard? I'm jumping over. I'm jumping around a little bit, a little bit. But uh, I believe um, the vaccine that we've got now is a slippery slope to the rollout later of the mark of the beast. Have you heard about a recent connection that's come out with uh, prions, mad cow disease, and this vaccine? There appears to be an outbreak in the UK with prions again. Yeah, there, there's some kind of strange thing going on because there was a news article. I thought it was highly amusing. It talked about Delta canceling flights because of the COVID, Uh-oh. the spread of COVID. And you read down the article, the reason why is that their employees are suffering side effects from the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Whoa. They just hey. let that get through the editors, I guess. And so there yeah, you that, go. There you go. I don't know which vaccine they were mandatorily got, but. Um, some of their a lot of it side is, effects, um, I mean, late term side effects from it. And so when you have a known eugenist like um, uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, charge of this and BRICS and the UN health organization, who's openly talking about population control, one planet, one child thing They had billboards up here in Denver, Colorado, as well as Vancouver to test the idea. You understand how whacked out these people are. They are population control. They had a nice cute video out. I hope I can find it. I think I have it somewhere where they want to do away with painful pregnancy by taking a, uh, the sperm and the egg, put it into this looks like a big gigantic egg and they incubate and grow the child inside this egg. And while the mother works, you know, probably surveilling everybody to make sure they're in line, she can look over the baby, go, oh, nice baby, talk to it. And dad can watch their baby grow. And when it's ready to give birth, they just, uh, they hatch, hatch it. <laughs> Brother, this is insanity. It, it is insane. That comes hand- from that um, um, uh, one planet, one child thing you're talking about yeah. isn't this great and, and we want to re- have you only have one child for one planet brother that's communism that's what china did from the 70s until recently the one child rule and of course it's um, a dishonor for a chinese family not to have a son to carry in the name so they would typically murder yep. their firstborn child if it was a girl yep. and um or they would try to hide it and then they had you know, secret uh, teams that would go in and in the community and find women who were hiding the child and or were expecting and were not allowed a second child and forced them to get abortions, forced abortions, folks, folks, this I'm trying to tell you, there's some big ties here to communism. My friend Terry Cook says, don't forget, communism is really Satanism in disguise. That's where we're headed, folks. It is. It is. This is a satanic takeover of the world. The eugenicists want to call the population. One of the ways they're going to do that is with the injections. We heard a report that you're going to begin to see a lot of people dying and beginning to suffer from diseases of the brain, encephalitis, retardation, within six months to a year of taking these injections. Mm -hmm. You're going to really see the numbers come out. And um, we're already seeing it. Irreparable damage, neurological damage. Dr. Kerry Madej even said that, why is it that they're testing people for HIV who have had the vaccine? 
Is it contaminated with HIV too? Um, and of course, the forking of the DNA. Mm -hmm. This is epigenetic tampering, folks. Epigenetics. They're tampering with the gene pool. Just like Satan did with mankind in Genesis 6. And there was only eight who were perfect in their DNA. Yeah. No one is family. Everybody else has been corrupted. When it says they were perfect, perfect didn't mean they didn't make they commit sin. Yeah. Talking about their DNA had been manipulated. We're seeing a repeat of that, as it was in the days of Noah. Mm -hmm. And we're not hearing many speak out about this. And some are even just saying, hey, just take the shot. That's a Christian thing to do. Are you kidding me? Have you lost your mind? Number one, it's a fact that it will not keep you from getting the flu. It will not keep you from transmitting it. In fact, I'm of the opinion that if you want to get the virus, take the vaccine. It's going to affect your immunity. And then there's something coming down the pike here, Brian. There's going to be a biological weapon release. Many forget that our own government and the governments of the world, Russia, China, France, Japan, they all have their germ warfare research facilities, level five biolabs. The CDC has a biolab. They were digging up corpses from the permafrost to resurrect the 1918 Spanish flu. And they found corpses who had died of the Spanish flu. They went in there and got their blood and we recreated the Spanish flu. Why are we doing that? Brother, we haven't stopped looking for new germ warfare agents that can destroy an enemy. Well, that ever having to deploy troops, folks, they've got them. Mm -hmm. And they've been released through history, even back to Plum Island. I believe AIDS was re released. It was an accident. Mm -hmm. I worked as a security guard part-time, Brian, back in 90s, while I worked full-time for the U.S. government as a civilian for the U.S. Army Department of Defense. And I worked with um, a crew of just three of us, two guys. One of them was ex-CIA. He'd been recruited in NAM and um, was working part-time as a security guard. And I'm like, he'd retired with the CIA. He told me, I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, hey, this is a great job. If you want to study uh, and get paid at the same time, he said, I'm going back to school. I said, really? Yeah. He said, yeah, I'm going to get my uh, master's degree in chemical engineering, he was studying the buckyballs. I mean, that's a term you can't forget. So what's a buckyball? And he said, it's basically taking a molecule and then you inject into it what you want it to become. He was trying to explain something to me I couldn't grasp, but it was basically um, germ warfare creation. He said, I, um, I'm studying this as part of my chemistry degree and I'm working on some compartmentalized subjects. We're only allowed to see a piece of it. There's about 10 universities that are working on a larger project mm -hmm. for whoever ordered it, maybe DARPA. I don't know. And no one would see the whole piece. You would work on a specific part. Okay. For security purposes, he was going back to get his degree in germ warfare engineering. And he was an amazing guy. He said, uh, 
you ever look at Africa? So we know about Africa. And I, he said, what is it rich in? He said, I said, I think it's got diamonds, doesn't it? And some mineral deposits. I said, yeah, it's got a lot of stuff over there. He said, do you think it's an accident that one in four Africans are coming down with AIDS right now? And he would ask me questions and want me to think about the answer. And he basically told me uh, AIDS was not, a, not an accident. It was not a native having sex with a green Reese's monkey, as someone said, or eating their brain. This was a deliberate release. And he said, the reason you see it in Africa is because there are groups. And he mentioned China and others that he said will fill the vacuum. They're deliberately killing the population there so other countries can come in and exploit their mineral base. Now, that was a guy who also told me, he said, uh, did you read the Washington Times this weekend? That was a newspaper. I think it's still going. Um, competed with the Washington Post. It was owned by the Moonies. You know, Reverend Moon, mm -hmm. Korean man. But it was a good. It was a good uh, newspaper. He said, "Did you read about the invasion of the Spratly Islands by the Chinese?" Now, this is about '94 when he told me this. I said, "No," but I knew he wanted to tell me something. I said, "What can you tell me about it?" And he wanted to talk. He said. Why would the Chinese invade basically a set of islands that nobody lives on out there in the Pacific? He said it's because it's a strategic location and they have aspirations to control, you know, shipping lines. But he also said, this is what he told me, they want to build a deep underwater sub base. Hmm. 25 years later, China not only invaded the Spratly Islands, they're building their own islands mm -hmm. off of artificial reefs. He was telling me things 20 years ago that have come to pass. And it really got me thinking. I said, is it true the CIA assassinates people? Because at that time, the official word was, no, the CIA is not authorized to do it. He said, you cross the CIA, you could find yourself floating face down in the Potomac River. That's what he told me. He was a nice guy. I learned a little bit from him. Worked with another guy who was a Mormon and went to a, a Mormon church where the, uh, the head of personnel for the CIA up in Langley uh, went to church. <laughs> That's another story. I think I've, to I've told some people. I went down one day and took the test. It wasn't God's will for me to, to go with the agency or I would be there now, not be on being Mega Man Radio. I got turned down. I tried to get in. I wanted to be a Christian 007 and infiltrate it. I knew that the new world order uh, was alive and well back then. And I wanted to try to get in and change it from the inside. It, it didn't happen like I wanted, but we're, we're certainly speaking about it tonight. There's so much here, folks, but to bring it together here, this is a concerted effort to usher in the antichrist system. The mark of the beast is real. It's coming. I don't care what your pastor says. My wife is um, one that really cares about people. And there was a news group over here. It was like um, a WhatsApp chat room where a group of uh, the people that go to a local church get on and they'll sit and chat. And she brought up the issue about the vaccine and the tie-in with the mark of the beast and they muted her. Mm -hmm. They said, there'll be no talk about that on here. We could get in trouble. 
and then they, someone else brought it up and the pastor said, uh, no more talking here about this. And he said, there's no tie with the vaccine and the mark of the beast. That's the attitude of some of these people. Now, let, let me just say a couple of things here. Um, before I have to go here, I just want to let people to think, you know, there's a few of us here in this chat room. Other people will be watching this through uh, Brother Shannon's show. I want you to yes. do something. You got to ask yourself a question. How did they do things before they had social media? Well, it's by word of mouth. Word of mouth travels pretty fast. So why don't you yes. start dropping a line to relatives and friends and ask them questions like, if the vaccine is so effective, why are we still wearing masks? Why are they still locking down people? Let's ask some questions. Let that go out. Let that let, let, let that sink in. Everyone start asking their relatives, why are you still wearing masks if the vaccine so effective? Why are they mm -hmm. coming out now on, and on the news telling that the vaccine might be more effective after six months and might still be effective after six months? Well, they, shouldn't they told you that it's only effective up to, up to six months before you got it? They pass it off as the total cure for it. So in six months, you have to get another one. Uh, why did the bishop uh, warn President Trump that there's something called COVID-21 coming down the pike, a new form of COVID called COVID-21? Uh -oh. So you 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 got to start asking questions. If this vaccine is so perfect, going to heal everything, why do you got to get back revaccinated? Why do you still have to wear a mask? Most people are vaccinated. Why can't we open up our, our stores and businesses in the UK? And why can't? Right? Why, 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 why? And, and let that chatter just follow the the, the uh, information box of word of mouth it gets out and, so, and the last thing i just want to let people think on is this person god allows things to happen because sometimes he uses persecution to get the church to act yeah and you can put an s on that acts if you read the book of acts the church is highly persecuted. Chinese church is persecuted. They're acting. They're getting souls yeah. saved. And some reason, the persecution causes the church to grow. When the church is stale and silent and not doing anything like the book of Revelations, chapter 2 and 3, talks about the seven churches, five of those churches weren't doing anything, playing games. Only two of them were doing anything for the Lord. And that was the persecuted church, Smyrna, and the Philadelphian church. It was persecuted, but still doing the job of the Lord. The other five were just playing, bringing around a rosy or something. They're, they're doing their own thing. And so you want to put it in modern perspective, why we're in the mess we are. Church is not acting. And this is not 100% right. accurate, but I just take that. Five out of seven Christians are not doing the work. They're just playing games. Five out of seven. And that's pretty much well, it's just got to change. What the book of Revelation is talking about, the mark of the apostasy is five out of seven, you know, are not doing anything. They're just sitting around. So persecution comes to get the church to act. Folks, this is the time to to take action, to speak up, not to sit on the sidelines. Now, it may cost you everything, but it costs Jesus everything. We're to be the light of the world, not put the light under a, a bushel or hide it under the bed or in a bunker. This is time to activate. And if you have to lose your life for Christ, so be it. He that seeks and loses life will save it. You know, excuse me. He, excuse me. He that will 
seek to save his life will lose it, but he that will lose his life for Jesus shall save it. It's time to go all in, folks. If not now, when? If not you and I, who? Brian Melvin has went all in. Brian has seen the other side. And Brian, I know you do this. You do these programs because you love people. That comes across to me. The fact that you are trying to wake up as many as you can. That they can avoid a place called hell. You wrote a book on it. Where can people go to hear the true testimony of a man who saw the other side and came back to, to warn us? Yeah, I wrote a book. Uh, the Lord put it on my heart to write my testimony. I wrote it down pretty much after it happened. It's bits and pieces of paper. I did the first draft. It's only 40 pages long. I said, I don't know how to, I can do this. So the years went by. I kept all that stuff. And then around 2003 and four, I started writing the book again and using the old manuscript basically as an outline and asked the Lord, how do I do this? And he quickened it to me. So I just wrote my book and came out in November 2005. It's called A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. It's about my after-death experience, about seeing hell. Answers a lot of questions, especially why there are all these so-called positive NED experiences and not enough negative ones. Well, there are negative ones out there, but there's more, but they, people don't report them. And so I won't get into all that, but by, it's just my testimony. I really wrote the book was just to leave a testimony of what happened after some time after I'm gone, maybe the book will be around and somebody will read it and get saved. The only reason I wrote it. And um, so now the book has been out and it's a great evangelistic tool. I suggest people read it and let it minister to you because it will answer some questions. I had a theologian contact me and he wrote a review. He said, this is the most theologically accurate thing i've ever read you know i never read anything like this before this uh, you know and i go i didn't know i was writing theology at the time but i just was writing down what happened and and it answers a lot of questions why evil and all kinds of things are on in that book and it's just my, you saw the other side yeah i saw the in other fact, side you i saw... was actually allowed to go beyond what most people go beyond i went beyond the veil i guess you could say and i didn't know if i was going to come back I died as an atheist. I was a, I fell away from, you know, the Lord, I guess. I never was saved, but when I was a kid, I grew up in a Christian home, but that didn't make me a Christian. I fell away because I grew up in the 60s and 70s with all the protest and the violence that happened and all that left an indelible mark. And I just fell away from God. I just didn't, didn't even think about it. So eventually I became agnostic. Then I went into full-blown atheism as a young guy. So in 2000. Um, no, not 2000, but 1980. 1980, I was working on a construction site, and some supervisor had uh, brought back some water in a thermos from Mexico, a creek water. I didn't know it. I saw the cooler in the back, and it was in a weird spot, but I was too, too thirsty. It was pretty hot, 120, 123 degrees in the Arizona heat at that time. So I took a good swig of it and didn't know I'd contact uh, contract cholera. And whoever knows what else I drank after that stuff. If anybody ever knows what cholera is like or drinking um, unpurified water with, with brown uh, fungus in it and green fungus or blue-green al algae, it's wow. not a pleasant experience. And I basically dehydrated rather quickly. Typical symptoms of cholera and I uh, dehydrated 
probably within about three days or four. And then it was, uh, came back to life. The Lord allowed me to come back to life all by his grace, not by me. And where a neighbor found me, whisked me to the hospital and the rest is history. But the book is all You can have heart failure through dehydration. The spirit actually left your body. Mm -hmm. You went into hell and brother Brian saw the cubes. We're going to save that for another program. What impressed me though, was when you were down there, you saw some historical figures. One of them was a guy, you didn't even know who he was, but the Lord told you, this is Reinhard Heydrich, didn't he? Yeah, well, I found out later because I saw a picture of this guy wearing a fencing outfit, and it was called Reinhard Heydrich. And I go, huh, who in the world is that? So I finally looked him up, and he was killed in Prague in 1942. He's the architect of the final solution. He was one of the high-ranking German SS and a police official under Hitler. And um, not long after I heard you talk about that, there was a movie release called Anthropoid. It's a story of Reinhard Heydrich. I recommend everybody see it. It's a true story. But that was one of the people that um, Brother Brian saw in cubes of torture. Now, I would like to have you back at a date that works for you. And I want you to revisit that story. Let's do it on video. And I want to hear your testimony again. Uh, also, I found out how to do the share screen. It was from my side. It was locked up. I've got that unlocked. So next time you can share screens if you ever want to. Okay. I'm learning about Zoom. Brian has the book available. Brian, before we close, uh, where can they get the book? And also tell us about the Christian Marauder broadcast. Okay. Well, you can get the book on any Christian. You can ask for it by name, uh, Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. And that's Hell's Dominion. And it is by Zulon Press. And my writing name is B.W. Melvin. So my first two initials and Melvin, the last name, B.W. So it's a land unknown, Hell's Dominion. You can order it online at a Christian bookstore online. You can order it on Amazon. Uh, you can ask for it if there's a Christian bookstore still around you. You can still ask for it by name and let them order it. That's how you, pretty much how people get the book. I have people asking me, when are you going to do... Um, uh, audio version on stuff. And I, I'm trying, I just don't have the funds for any of that right now, but because all, and I can't find somebody to read it. <laughs> you know, I have to read the whole thing and I don't want to go through that. <laughs> I was born with a, spike, a slight speech impediment. So I stammer sometimes. It's kind of hard to do that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> kind of funny. I'll tell you what, folks, um, it's a book everybody needs to read. And the program is something that everybody should tune into the Christian broader broadcast. Yeah. That's on YouTube. Are you currently broadcasting on YouTube? Okay. YouTube yeah. channel. So they can subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. And what's the website. And also if you have PayPal, is there a way people can support your ministry? Sure do. Well, the first is the uh, YouTube channel. It's called the Christian Marauder. And you can look for it on YouTube. Just type in a search. And my logo is a uh, sign of a guy holding a shield. And you should get there on my site. And I want to make sure it's my site. I don't make any appeals for money. And I only will, I don't make any appeals at all for money. If someone has an appeal for money, get off that site. <laughs> I don't. 
So uh, there's a lot of people hijacking sites now, and this one lets you know that. But so you go to the Christian Marauder, and you can see all my videos there that I've done. And you can also see a live stream that I try to do every Saturday around 8 a.m. in the morning because my family's asleep and I can talk as loud as I want in the basement here. And this is a green screen, not a basement. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, in the basement, but that's a green screen, I should say. But anyway, just, uh, you know, join in. We talk about all different types of, of subject. I do what is called the Marauder Report. Yeah, also, you can go, I have a PayPal account, too. You can go to uh, Brian Melvin number one, AOL.com, and donate that way. And that's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Melvin number one, aol.com or bwmelvin number one at gmail.com will also take you to paypal or you can go to my website at afterhoursministries.com and look up and there's a paypal as well folks get over there afterhoursministry.com tune into the christian router and also check out brother brian right here on this program um brian it's always an honor to be with you i want to thank you for setting up this show tonight with Josh Peck, it was a real honor to have you on together. Love to have you back on. Let's get him back on, and y'all can talk about anything you like. And um, Brian, we've got to do this more often. In fact, um, I'm going to check the um, the audio feed that is also picking up this show tonight. See how the audio works out, and maybe with little tweaks, we could be able to simulcast and do this anytime you like. I'm going to put it like this we now at least have an option when guests want to do video. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you may not want to do a video if you're having a bad hair day, like Omega Man. <laughs> I had to stop my hair for tonight. Brian, as we're getting ready to go, you want to close this in prayer tonight? Thank you for going in overtime with me. Okay, I sure will, Shannon. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. I know that the first hour of this show, and it might have been heavy on some people when they listen to it. They might even trigger some memories. But I ask, Lord, that they can get help, lead them to the right people, some Christians who can set them free from the trauma of the past. Because being a victim of a child, uh, sex trafficking and exploitation and abuse is not pleasant. And it's very difficult for some of these kids to get out of it or process it. Some of them may have already flipped gingers because of it. And they can come back to the Lord too. You know, many of them have. And if this could be used in that way, we just give it to you because this is all your work, Lord, not mine. I thank you, Lord, for Josh Peck, that you also bless him and what he's doing in his movie Silent Cry, as well as other things that he's releasing now to help people understand what's coming down the pipe and what we all face. But I also ask that the people listening here, that you wake them up make them vocal, start asking really nice, poignant questions and leave it at open-ended questions. Like, if the vaccine is so effective, why do we still wear a mask? When will this end? When will everything open up? And start questioning it. And that will go around all over the world probably in a few short days. And do more good than trying to do it on social media. So I thank you, Lord, that you'll just quicken people and understand that persecution will comes to awaken the church to get the church to act just to get the church back to acting at like the church so i thank you heavenly father that you protect us all watch over us keep us far from the evil one in jesus name amen i say amen to that brian we love you thank you for coming on today 
Honored to be here with you on episode one of Omega Men TV. Okay. We'll see you again soon, my friend. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day over there. You too.